0: Kind of about
1: music podcast. <laughs> Definitely really need to start <laughs> you yeah, 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 wiping yeah. your head. <laughs> just that, that's how we start. <laughs> but at least your beard's wicked.
0: Johnny, welcome to the podcast. This is Johnny Thanks. Brister, session drummer based in London, kind of half based in New York these days as well. Kind of, yeah. Yeah, dude, that's a good things to put on your CV as well.
1: I know. just, Do you know what? I feel like you put anything on your CV and you can make it sound good, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. Is, man. That, is that the idea? I think so but I think also New York Oh, this
0: guy's based in New York as well he's got some New York stuff going on I think that's uh, yeah. that's something that people look at this light it's not even pointing at me fucking hell do you yeah. know what
1: this has been so great <laughs> and we've started this <laughs> <laughs> people what need to know mean? that we've like we've started with like a little barbers uh, true yeah and Jim his, his beard was so messy and we were out uh, it was Natalie's gig wasn't it Natalie Palmer who is uh Called Tally, uh, she's like, yeah. she, she's great, but we were at her gig, yes, and I saw Jim In Camden, and was, yeah, and I used to have this huge beard, and I saw Jim, and I was like, dude, your beard's so cool, but it needs a cut,
0: yep. <laughs> So yeah. we just
1: said, right, let's do a podcast and I'm coming to cut your beard. Yes, mate. Well, you
0: were one of the first people that I spoke to when I first started this podcast. Um, in that I was, uh, when I first had the idea, because I had the idea because of watching stuff like the Joe Rogan podcast and others, thing called the Adam Buxton thing now, which I haven't listened to, but I just thought it'd be good for session musicians and musicians, artists, people in London trying to do something with music, if they had a thing where they could hear other musicians talking and because like just out of interest as well but also because I think it's really taxing on your, on your brain maybe more than other professions maybe not cuz I don't do them but I think people go through a lot trying to make it this business work because Certainly, for most yeah. the rewards aren't that big like if you're working as a kind of normal session musician you know you, somebody who's intelligent enough to do that can maybe transition to another career and earn twice as much so it's I think there's that side of it and there's lots of stuff to do with kind of rejection and practicing and all that sort of thing. So I thought just a situation where people could talk and see other people going through similar things to what they're going through.
1: Totally, actually one of the things I loved about this when you said you were doing it was when I moved to London, which was, well in September would be five years. Yeah. I was like, I know nothing about what goes on here. Yeah, yeah. You make these assumptions. Yep. Am I good enough? Yep. Should I be doing this? This is crazy. Yep. How much does it cost to live there? Yep. What do people do to make a living? And I knew nobody and like having this, I hope, if anything, like if anyone's gonna watch this, I hope that it's informative and it's somewhat interesting and people can I don't know, inspiring for the guys at college or yeah. kids at school that can go, that's what happens. Yeah. I hope anyway, you know, yeah. and I think that's I love what you're doing here. Oh,
0: thank you so much, man. It'd be better if I got this mic to be more so it's just <laughs> also, been a I'm talking today. away from the mic. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> no, a singer, so I'm assuming yeah. this is cool. It'll pick it up, it's fine. No, that's nice of you to say, man, it definitely it's um we moved to actually we actually moved to uh, to London at the same time I think roughly like five years for me coming up as well
1: September two thousand
0: thirteen for me yeah so bad we're looking thinking back about dates I have to literally sit down and write it out this happened then this happened then I
1: base it on like serious like big events in my life right okay like I remember so I used to run a, a teaching business yeah. I'm f- from Somerset yeah so out in the sticks uh, we had, like three hundred kids a week we used to teach and then that stopped end of 2012, yeah. on, on the day that I met actually one of my favourite drummers, Donovan Hepburn, which was then to lead on to something again in London. And anyway, the business stopped. So I remember that at the end of 2012, and I decided I'm going to London, September 2013. Yeah. I turned up August 31st, 2013. Uh, And I moved in. Oh yeah, great. So like, when did you
0: move? Who did you move in with originally?
1: Well, I moved in with um, a band called The Buzzed Orchestral, who are no longer, unfortunately. They're all made actually. Two of them are from the same school as me. Yeah. And then the other two I'd met through the band. Mm. So we, they're like, do you want to join our band? I was like, totally. I'm not in a band at the moment. I grew up in the original scene. Like I was always in bands. Had a great time. Loved it. Um, So I moved in with them to Tooting. and I never went to uni. Some of the best crews in London in two team. Apparently so. I don't <laughs> actually know this. I, no, not I found out this when I, when I left two team. Right, okay. So, yeah, anyway, I, I moved in with those guys. We're like, let's give the band a go. And then it got to the point that I was like, I don't really want to do the original band thing anymore. I was 26, coming up 27. And I loved the guys so much and they were a great band. But I'd done so many bands and yeah. it was always somebody who didn't want to be in it. was always somebody who didn't care. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I became that person that didn't care. Right. I got fed up a plane to 10 people in a pub, getting a parking ticket, getting a box junction yeah. fine. Mate. And went, I ain't doing this anymore. Yeah. And that's where it flipped for me. Yeah. And I, I moved to London with the band, but also to the do best, session. One of the best ones about that original gig was like, Oh, you're gonna be headliners and you'd think oh
0: headliners. And you're like, In a city I've never been to before who the is
1: gonna come and watch us? <laughs> yeah, it's like you know, like, right? like
0: basically you're the band that goes on after the last bus has gone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, it's, and
1: it's like the middle band always bring everybody yeah, yeah. and then all their fans leave. Yeah, they the middle band's always like
0: it's always like some seventeen year olds who just bring their kids from sixth form, bring their mates and from sixth form. They all turn form. up. Yeah.
1: And they don't care about the headline. No. So it's actually better when someone goes, "We're on second from last," and you're like, "Yes, that's the slot." Yeah. But yeah, it's just become really hard, and 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 it still is hard for original bands and what artists. What sort of
0: music was it that you were doing?
1: It was it was rock, but yeah, yeah. it was I guess it had an element of indie rock. Yeah. Um, interesting writers like Seb Truman, who's now a great engineer producer. Uh, really interesting way of writing that mm. I almost almost wanted to re- rebel against because it was yeah. so different than what I did but you you learn from that and Lewis George who's a great friend of mine that I have no doubt we would do an original project again yeah. in the future who was such a great lyricist and bass player right um, and these dudes are from they're from Somerset like yeah. this sleepy little place yeah yeah that there's some great musicians about
0: oh yeah I don't I- I think uh, those. Uh, but by the way, going back to the ten people in the pub, we we were we were metal bands when we turned up, so we <laughs> so had we went five. <laughs> yeah, 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 there was five, and then there was three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's because <laughs> yeah, there'd always be two other bands on, and one of them would have left. So it's uh, just yeah. plain to the one. And, of them and there's and always
1: them. these promoters that go right. So on first, you've got this acoustic act. Yeah. In the middle, we've got this heavy metal band, yeah. and then we've got this like folk band gonna finish. It's like, <laughs> what are you doing? Like, and this is kind of the problem, and my hate of London for original music, like. We used to say, well, we have to play London. If you played London? Yeah, that's what we said. And I remember in 2012, I did this tour with my band at the time called Marshalltown. Again, with like some of my best mates, Phil Beaver, who's the drummer for Inglorious. Mm. He was the front man, cause he's like the sickest musician ever. And he was the reason I started playing drums actually. Right. And we, tour, we went on tour with this Italian band um, that I'd met in a previous band years ago. And we were like, right, we're gonna play our hometown, Ilminster absolutely packed it yeah. was heaving it was so good right and and then we're like right next on the list guys we tell this band. we're tell we going to London everyone's like yeah we're going to London we, we end up playing this jam night that no one was at yeah. and it was just pointless yeah. and Tom the bass player I just remember this really funny night sleeping in a van Tom at four kebabs <laughs> and and you can imagine what that van smelled like in the morning but that's kind of touring as you've grown oh, up yeah, you yeah, earn your yeah, yeah. stripes yeah, yeah so yeah that was hilarious and, this, and we're like London's not all that for doing original stuff because promoters don't care if you don't sell enough tickets you've got to pay and and it's still like that now like my yeah. my girlfriend's an artist and I get to hear about that side of things mm-hmm. I'm like why why is the art form the one that suffers yeah yeah when that's why people were going there right yeah so that's frustrating and then we went off to Italy and we played these great shows mm-hmm. and it was about being in a band and being your mates and playing mute, like why did you start why did you this start This was playing with guitar? the original band that you went to yeah, Italy with Yeah right? this yeah. is like Yeah, 2012. Before yeah. I'd even sort of thought about the the freelance session yeah. thing. Um but like why did you start playing guitar?
0: Yeah well why did you start playing guitar? I I think well my dad was always a musician when I was growing up he played he was started playing in bands when he was fifteen and he was like seventy two you now I think so. Oh yeah. rocker. I love and he's it. still playing guitar yeah so yeah. cool. Um so I saw that, but I didn't do it because, like you, like what we were talking about before the podcast, like I was fully into football. Yep. Until 14, 15, 14 I started to have a bit of a wobble with it, and some guy turned up at school with a guitar, so I'd noticed that. And then I saw. And he saw, looked cool, right? He looked quite cool. Yeah, he was. He was. A, he was. A, he was, a, he was a kind of a straightforward guy. He was like a rugby player, so he didn't. it didn't really fit him, sort of thing. he <laughs> yeah. didn't really work. But he was a lovely guy, and, and when I started, we had a jam, but. I, uh, I was always like a big Michael Jackson fan growing up and then I saw a video where it's given to me by Michael Jackson and Slash is on it and Slash does a guitar solo where like electricity comes out of his fingers and like in a crowd all the women <laughs> are reaching for him and stuff like that I was like that and I that happens to do that. right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> of course yeah. it
1: happens all the time
0: yeah so yeah electricity out of your fingers um Especially on the metal gigs, with some of the dodgy <laughs> wiring. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah, so I saw that, and I was like, right, I want Dad, show me that guitar solo. He was like, mm-hmm. here's three chords, go away. And then yeah. eventually, kind of like, I, he kind of showed me a few chords, and then I went and picked them myself. But yeah, and then it was like, this could be a thing that gets your attention. And then yeah. let's be Guns and Roses and all Plus, that sort of thing. And and then just spending hours in sweaty, sweaty, smelly rehearsal rooms as like a 16 year old, like. The Tini- days you don't notice it,
1: you smell. Yeah, exactly. Tiniest <laughs> bit swobles. of like
0: resin block sort of thing, smoking yeah. like huge joints and drinking too much. and Yeah. And and like just trying to, just kind of losing control of it and, and all that sort of thing. And, and I loved that. I was writing metal riffs and songs and stuff like that. Yeah. So that was starting off guitar with me, but I was like a bit jealous of people like um, who... Like we see on the scene now, you see guys who've definitely been playing since they're five or six and, all, and it's just like the technique side of it is just so easy. Yeah, yeah I'm always jealous of that. But at the same time, I kind of like they kind of came into it that sort of...
1: Totally. I think, I think these things happen in your life for whatever reason. Yeah. And had you not done it at that point, you might not have been inspired to carry on. Like you yeah. said about the football. The football was a huge thing for me. And yeah. like me and my that was me and my dad when we were a kid. Like, I mean, I started playing drums at 10. Yeah. Because of Phil. I was saying from Inglorious, and I saw him play. It was the. I went to a school Swanmead, and he was playing, drums next door to the girls' changing room. Right. So we went. I mean, that's okay. kind of irrelevant, right? Like. <laughs> so a <laughs> irrelevant. <not that> <laughs> so we we went. I heard this drum drums playing, and I knew Phil like we we're in the same class. What were you doing I, near the girls' changing rooms? <laughs> I, I was lost. Oh, yeah. I was <laughs> okay, okay. Lost. Yeah. No, I heard. Right, so I heard these drums. I was like, "This is so cool." Yeah, yeah. I walked in. And I was like, I want to do that. And Phil was like, at ten, was so good. And I yeah. played clarinet. All right. Okay. Um, which was a great introduction to music. Yeah. And my my parents were so supportive. Like my granddad is my hero when it comes to music. My great granddad was a pianist. My yeah. mum tinkled with stuff. And I, I went home. And I was like, I really want to play the drums. So they got this black book, and they said, if you don't get any more than ten crosses in this black book. You'll get a drum kit for Christmas. Oh, wow. And I think I got nine. You know? <laughs> yeah, gotta push the it. Yeah. it. And I got this, this kit, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just played. Yeah, yeah. And then I hung around with Phil, and Phil got a guitar, and he could just play guitar. Yeah. Like, yeah, just, yeah, I yeah. don't know how, some people can. And he introduced me to, to Blink182. Right. Uh, I think it was all the small things. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. like, this is so cool. Yeah. And, and then so I, I saw Travis Barker. Yeah. so at this point I oh, I yeah. get in you know and I don't really listen to Travis now I love what he does mm. but without Travis I wouldn't have had the inspiration oh, yeah. to shed drums every day oh yeah and I don't really come from a formal back, background no. like I had a few lessons at 10 yeah. then the drum teacher stopped turning up for whatever reason and that's like again I'm sure we'll get onto it in a bit but my my hate of teachers like mm. teach if you care yeah yeah like, yeah like give, yeah. give something because you want to give it not just because whatever reason yeah but like so he, he stopped coming, so then I just jammed with Phil and we started a band yeah. in year six. And then at 15, I joined like a proper rock band, the guys in the 40s, and I learned yeah. to play with them. Yeah, yeah. That, but I was inspired my whole teenage years because yeah. of people like Travis, Dave Grohl. It's the perfect thing. Like, we can look back and kind of, some
0: people sneer on that sort of stuff now, but I definitely at some points have done as well. But that's so important for getting people, young kids into music. Like, there's a guy there. King just smashing the shit out of the drums all over the yeah. place, playing some fucking punk rock, Yeah, uh, tattoos all over his arms and stuff like that. And, and just kind of like providing people like kids with like, Oh, that's, I could, I want to do that. Yeah. And I think that's really important. Like I was look at some kids that I grew up with and stuff and got in trouble and, and, and stuff like that. And I think like they maybe just didn't ever have something where they looked at it and said, I want to do that. And or oh, maybe the opportunity to actually do it. And it's, it's so big and, yeah, that's way more inspiring than...
1: Like seeing someone play with heart and soul yeah. and, and like someone hitting it because yeah. maybe some people hate it when you hit the drums or play the guitar so hard. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, But
1: there's so much passion behind that. You you can't argue with that. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. And like For so when sure. a kid
1: sees that or if I saw that and that was exactly what it was, I mm-hmm. saw Dave Grohl hit those drums. Yeah. <laughs> so I couldn't help but hit those drums in yeah, a teenager. And I think yeah. that's like... I think one of the biggest things that anyone can do is inspire, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. The thing about um, playing, like, heavy music as well and growing up doing that as well, a friend of mine up north always talks about this, and he says, like, the thing is you, is you can't teach... You you can tell guys who've grown up playing heavier music because when, when, like, a, like when you're on a gig and you've got, like, a, a heavier tune that comes up, the guys that kind of maybe grew up doing kind of jazz or whatever, or, or, other kind of styles of music that that weren't didn't have that kind of heaviness to them. They find it hard to get that heavy just sound lay or it to get down. To, yeah yeah yeah. And whether it's kind of just and it's weird on a guitar because on a guitar it doesn't really matter how hard you hit it in a sense once you've got some distortion there. But you can tell guys who didn't grow up doing that and it I makes a big completely difference. Agree. And yeah.
1: then sure the the argument is the other way around like the guys who grew up hitting it yeah can they play with like yeah dynamics that a jazz player can play with yeah and i'm i'm sure every player is different right yeah. and some can some can mm. and i and that's why i believe with music was the beautiful thing it's like we all have attributes which are great yeah and we're gonna have weaknesses mm. so like we're all in this together and we can learn off each other yeah so like, i remember, remember we've done a few gigs together haven't we yeah. not, not a huge amount mm. but like you can tell we're kind of cut from the same cloth in yeah. terms of like you want to rock out and you want to yeah. have fun and you're on stage kind of taking the piss yeah like of course yeah. you're playing a pub and you're just laughing and um, yeah. some of the best gigs i've heard have been like with yourself dion yeah, yeah. um he's monster yeah dion rush uh sam weston yeah. well we just play like these sweaty bars yeah yeah uh, and we got one on friday actually yeah and it's just fun oh yeah and they're tiny stages and it's one thing i i learned like it didn't matter where i was playing what actually mattered was who I was playing with. Yeah, of
0: course, yeah. So and, it makes so much
1: difference. Yeah, and I've made some genuine best friends in London. Mm. Like, I didn't know how London was going to go. Yeah. And I guess you still don't know you what to You turn up thinking
0: was. it's like going to be this clicky, weird thing, dog eat dog, and there's definitely that side of it. But um, once you... Because I, could, I, I couldn't could find a way into knowing where the, even the jams were when I turned up. So I spent a year or so, maybe a little bit more, kind of just kind of floating around with little bits of work that I had from people I kind of knew and never yeah. knowing even know where Ronnie Scott's was or anything like that yeah. and then I met Sam I did it on Facebook I saw an audition for Rationale it was yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I went and did the audition and I met Sam on it and neither of us got it but he said we got talking and I was actually doing like, this is how kind of weirded out I was with it at the time because I didn't know anybody in the kind of session world I knew a couple of people who had some bands that did some work and um, I'd got to a point where I was like for a while I'm going to have to do something else and I started uh, first of all writing some music and going to like play acoustic open mic nights with my own songs which yeah. was interesting and then the other thing I did was did some stand up comedy just to do something creative wow. and like do something scary you know like, Yeah. I that's incredible different. Yeah.
1: also I think you've got advantage of being Northern because Northern <laughs> is a automatically funnier Oh well, I, I think
0: anyway <laughs> you might not have thought if you come to some of the some of the shows I did but <laughs> so I met, that's when I met Sam and then he was like come to Ronnie's and come to Nat Palmer's jam that she had down at she had it down in Shoreditch at Smith's right. I did go to it once yeah and that's where I first kind of met Joe Chiari and Mac and yep. all the people who are doing all the work that we all know you yep. know and um yeah, it was great. It was like fun. and that's where I met Tim as well and we kind of it all Big kicked Tim. on from there. Yeah, and then we just started getting loads of jams yeah. together and then people thought he was my son. Really? <laughs> that was always the joke. But yeah, no, and it was never and then it was never clicky. It was never never uh, ever clicky. It actually
1: shows how small the industry is. Yeah. It's really small and there's little pockets of it going on. Yeah. And there will always be somebody I haven't met. Yeah. Or there's always a name that I know of but we just haven't had a chance to meet yeah, and yeah. then you bump into them at a festival and like... I think that's the great thing about it as well like yeah. it's forever growing. Yeah yeah yeah. And whether that is scary to some or inspiring to others. Like yeah. I whenever I see great players and there are so many great players yeah. and all my friends are great players yeah. but like that inspires me. Yeah. So I don't I've always looked at it in like rather than shy away from that and and be like oh I can't do that or how do how do he do it? I'm just like cool look, what can I take from it? What can yeah. I learn? I really like the way he's got his sound or the way he yeah. really hits it or he's got a pocket. Like one yeah. guy, for example, is Luke Harris, which I don't really, I don't really know Luke very well. I've met him a couple of times, yeah. but I saw him play at Chiro's yeah, and he just plays with like, he has this dynamic thing where his pocket is, oh, is so amazing, but at yeah. any volume. Oh
0: yeah. Yeah.
1: And I was like, and so instantly I was so inspired. Yeah. And it's just, you know again we go back to talking about like maybe a jazz guy can play not play as loud.
0: Luke Harris is the drummer's drummer of of London. Like I always think like I I, I played with the materials once twice and just like so I mean some of the songs I didn't know because they're s I, I think I got the gig. I was doing a podcast when I got one of the gigs actually, and I turned up and like Patrick's like, okay, let's do da 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 da. Like, what? Yeah. So it was like the gig was different like it was it was good in some ways and in other ways a little bit like I don't know what's going yeah, on here sometimes the best ways to learn though right exactly but yeah Luke just and I've been and watched him at Cheerios loads of times he's just yeah immense but all I think all, most of the drummers regard him as one of the best oh, he's,
1: he's great and I don't yeah. actually know Luke very well but there are a lot of amazing players mm. like in in my household like I live with three other musicians <laughs> so you got Natalie who's a phenomenal singer yeah. you've got Talent. Francois mm. Who's 21? Yeah, he's just got
0: beastly. on the MD for Pixie Lot and doing the Emily Sunday standing he for in that. On the He's Emily in Sandé. Brother Strut now. Yeah.
1: Um, no, really, fucking out. Congratulations, here. bro. Yeah, and he's he's 21 and he he inspires me. Yeah, 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 yeah. And it's that's crazy. And then I live with Ollie, Ollie Sears. Yeah. Wicked drummer. Oh, dude. Yeah. I. So, I'm careful what I say. So he, Ollie's, <laughs> like
0: that. Ollie's one of the uh, one of the piano works drummers. Yep. Uh, I know what you're gonna say. Do you want me to finish it for you? No. Yeah. you Possibly. No. What I would say is uh,
1: <laughs> skip. Skip. Uh,
0: yeah. Skip. I sent him a message the other day because I watched him because we did. They did a gig. Uh, they do a gig uh, at Studio Eighty Eight, which is the other Piano Works um, venue. And for anybody who doesn't know, Piano Works is like a. It's like a. It's a gig where all night it's um audience requests every night of the week so they have a pool of 60 or something musicians and you get rotated in wow. so like big tim's on it as well and uh, and ollie's on it and i'm on it and jason tebble's on it yeah so you always and then there's lenny brown who's a fucking yep. monster as well and um loads of amazing players like I did, I did a guy a podcast with a guy called kaya who's one of, this is a singer piano player but he's amazing showman because he come from in the Lion King as well oh, so some shit. great players on it but I was, I, yeah I sent Ollie a message the other night just after I watched him because we were changing over they did two shows in one night so we went on at half twelve and Ollie's band was finishing at half twelve and we went on half twelve till three
1: wow such a late spot. yeah on a
0: Friday night in Leicester Square I was like ha, it's, yeah um, I sent a message saying like dude your playing's just fucking crazy and he's playing for Albert Lee the Quite legendary player. country good. I was saying like touch and feel and, and sound and, and, and just groove and, and awareness and all that and he's an incredible singer as well and like the just back what hand. a lovely guy yeah you
1: know and living with him like yesterday he I'd woke up and I heard this pad going which I sometimes go and practice and sometimes I don't and I'm, I'm kind of at the stage at the moment where I haven't really had much chance to practice mm. But that's also a lame excuse. I'm also not practicing at the moment. Yeah. You're allowed to. Yeah. <laughs> and and I went downstairs and he got this new pad. And, and that's inspiring to see. And he's like, I'll try this out. And yeah. he has these new drums and I I have these kits and we we talk about it. And yeah. like I've got free vintage kits that I geek out about and he loves it and he's got this great gear. So like that's really inspiring. And it's like it's never been. For me, like it's never been about like what someone else is doing. Mm. It's always been like we're all in, in this together. Yeah. So like I'm, I'm part of the London music scene mm. as everyone else is. Yeah. So I always have loved being around people who, who are great players. I used to live with Ed Broad. Yeah. Uh, great drummer. Yeah. Like fantastic. Oh yeah. I've him.
0: only ever done a gig with him where he plays Cajon, where he played Cajon. So uh, I've actually not done a gig with him where he's, been the, where he's been the drummer and I'm looking forward to one day having
1: that privilege. Yeah. Well, I won't ever get that privilege because I won't get to play <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just from like, I know how Ed plays and I've seen him play and like, yeah. he's just got a great group. But like, there's so, endless amount of players. like um, Ash Ash is yeah, amazing. Yeah, I was just about to say Ash and Uncle, and it's ridiculous how
0: short a period of time he's actually been playing like, drums. Like well. 10 years, but like
1: serious badass pocket. Yeah. yeah. And then like, I actually went out for a beer with Ash and, and Oscar Golding Mm. and in my opinion Oscar's one of the best bass players I've ever heard yeah. um, and these guys are just my mates that I go to the pub with yeah. and sometimes we talk about music sometimes we don't but like yeah. these are just interesting guys Yeah. Um, the, the list is endless I like, like watching
0: Jules Holland when you start to see, uh, you see your to mates <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <of course. laughs> it's like uh, the other day there was um, uh, Plan B was on it and I saw, Dane, uh, so, yeah, I saw Dana Fisher playing the uh, bass, player. bass player yeah, and he's like what 17, 18 and you something. got like Matty on drums because Yes, yeah, so I don't know him. But so then,
1: Matty, again, like we're talking about musicians who are... Like, what's he, 21? I don't know. He's I don't know. What's his next, second name? Brown. Right, okay. I think he's on that gig. A serious player. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember when Matty won Young Drummer of the Year. Right. Like, he can obviously play... He's sick. He's yeah, yeah, really yeah. But like I said, there's the endless amount of players. Yeah. On that Plan B one, I did a gig then like
0: th- two days later with uh, Glenn Callahan. And so, he's on that gig. He's on the Plan B. I was like, dude, I watched you on the... Uh, on Joel's home, like a couple nights because yeah, it's on no.
1: Yeah, Glenn's great as well, great guy. Yeah, yeah and I'd
0: keep hearing his name, and then we finally get to meet him, and he was sound. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's, it's endless, like the amount of great musicians. Mm. And, I, and I think actually, like, had I known what it was like before I'd come here, maybe I would have been scared. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: But then I think it's about finding your identity, like yeah. knowing what you do, yeah, yeah doing yeah. it well, like, and it goes about saying like the simple stuff of like being on time being easy to yeah. work with, yeah, yeah. learning stuff. like That, that goes about saying, and I think yeah. if you don't know that, then you're not quite ready to, yeah. to come here. But if you got that, like...
0: Oh, yeah. where I was as well up like, north, I was, is it, it, breath fresh air coming down here because everything's so far apart in the north that there the was work, but you because of the time that I came into the world of doing uh, functions or whatever it was, um, I was always this particular one guy's depth. And then I got in. I ended up in the band that he used to be in because he went on to do something else. And it was just like, where's this ever going to go? And you don't get exposure to seeing other players and stuff like that. The thing that opened my eyes, come to the jam nights and like seeing all the guitar players. And part of me is like, there's that kind of, um, fucking hell, he's just done that. I can't have, can't have him been able to do that and me not being able to do it. So go and learn that or whatever. Or that's a good idea, meeting people and friends and stuff like that. Um, yeah, it was, it, was, it was just incredible. And I would never have got that out of, out of town, you know, sort of thing. Totally. But I was going to ask you, what's, uh, what's the name of the artist that you're playing for at the moment? And uh, it's, um, this, is, this is, well, you tell me the story. Which one? Wait, okay, which one? Here we go. So, so you're playing for a number of people at the moment. So what's, what's, what's your main gig? Um, Ari. Harry.
1: Ari's one of them. Yeah. Um, no, so what... Tell
0: me about Ari, Ari's uh, gig first.
1: Okay, uh, her project, I... What's but, the
0: name of her... What's her artist name? She's
1: called Ariana and the Rose.
0: Ariana and the Rose, yeah.
1: Um, I played on her record, I, I want to say 2014. Yeah. And then ended, ended up touring with her mm. end of that year with Support Foxes. And then we've done recordings and tours mm. since then. Yeah yeah. Basically. That's the short version of Mary's yeah. Gig. She's wicked, she does this thing light and space and yeah. um she's ends- sort of uh, what sort of style of music is it? I haven't actually heard Oh god it. I mean if she hears this and I get this wrong I get, <laughs> I get in trouble right because
0: this is your 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 missus as well now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah it is.
1: Um eighties Synth Pop, I'm gonna say eighties Synth Pop, okay. So she she's really cool. But like I I play with loads of different artists and, mm. and I've always been fortunate that like one of my no, that's my We've so we got a on. phone. I um, can't believe I left it on. It's your podcast as well. Should, I know, know, I know. This.
0: It's ridiculous, isn't it? And the thing is, you can't. I can't, it's over there. I can't switch it off now. I mean, All right, I'll, I'll keep going. Yeah. Um.
1: <laughs> so this will be the edit. <laughs> or oh, you can
0: like, edit. I, can, I, I might edit. Oh, no, there we go. That's oh, that's long enough for us to do and, and also watch yeah, me squirm on camera.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the, the first artists I worked with was Joseph Salvat. Mm. Who's wicked, great songwriter. So that started the end of two thousand thirteen. I started working with him. And I probably worked with him for two and a half, three years consistently, but then it was it was like, dare I say it, the perfect gig where like it was it was busy, but I would still come back and I'd be able to do the odd function and you'd like keep that going and I'd be able to do a bit of the odd studio stuff. Um and I saw Joseph went for dinner the other week actually, he came to another show I was playing. And hopefully he's gonna be back I'd imagine next year, next record. Right, um, okay. I'm excited about that. So Joseph's one I, I work with a lot. Um, Leah Doe, I've just finished doing a tour with. Right. She's a Chinese artist. Yeah. She's huge in China. Yeah. Not really that well-known in the Western world. Right. We just did a UK so you tour. You don't need to be if you're big in China. <laughs> yeah, <theater>. exactly. <laughs> but they're trying to break over, and we did an American tour last year. Yeah. Um, I did the Illusionist yes. theatre tour. What's that?
0: That's a, So the Illusionist is... Is that what's a TV programme or a film?
1: It was... I believe it was on like... Britain's Got Talent or America's Got Talent and then producers have made it into a theatre show where it's magicians or illusionists oh amazing Uh, like anything from a guy in a water tank escaping right Um, so what sort of thing are
0: you like are you doing kind of stabs or are you doing we're uh, like playing
1: songs that are atmospheric or like they're big I don't really know how to describe it but they're big songs right and they and you play over someone doing a trick and sometimes it's lights a little bit like like a kind
0: of Cirque Cirque du Soleil vibe exactly that exactly
1: that different producers I think um that was really cool so I you know before me that was Dan Bingham who was doing that Wicked Drummer and then Justin Shaw was doing it and then Justin couldn't do it also I then took over from Justin Justin's a Wicked Drummer on Motown great friend of mine as well yes um so yeah, I was doing that and then I do Right to Fred, Yeah. Um, which is cool. Oh yeah, I was like, gonna heard about that. I bet that's a lot of
0: fun, man. I so that's much
1: lot. fun. And like Matt Brammel is the MD on that now. And right, yeah. You've got like Ryan Burnett on guitar and Cat yeah. and Svetlana on bass. Oh
0: Cat Dill, right, okay. Cat's one of the one of the people i kind of I've done when I did Step stood in for Tom Gladdell at Ronnie, she was on it, yep. and so I've met her a couple of times on that, but never had a chat with her outside. She's like crazy
1: mad, but really she's, cool. She's a sax player as well as yep. a backing vocalist. Yeah, a great yeah. vocalist and yeah. sax player. So yeah, I get to work with great players there, yeah. and then there's Mira Fury, and then there's mm. I mean, there's a few Andy Brown Dude's this year, smashing it. So it's it's really cool, but like it was funny. I was saying to so my, you know, what, I think like anything in this world, you like when I moved here you want something, you get it, and then you want a little bit more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So like, I am so fortunate to be working with all these great different artists and I'm really challenging myself all the time. Mm. But I also remember the time when I was with Joseph and that was quite solid. Yeah, yeah. You, I wouldn't dare say you relax, but it's somewhat yeah. less stressful. You're not having to learn sets all the time. Yeah, like yeah, it's, yeah. But I'm sure if you then end up doing so, so much, you then risk not being around and people are always busy.
0: Yes. That's,
1: so it's that balance. But then and in between, you know, I do a lot of studio and I do... A lot of functions. Yeah, like I'm not a typical working musician like like you are and the next person, you know. Yeah,
0: but I mean, every time I see it, like see anything, it's easier when you're looking at social media and stuff like that. But you're you're out and about and around the world or, or like quite a lot. And I was one of the things I was going to ask you: How do you find how difficult is it to balance a um, the artist work with b kind of functions and kind of stuff that you do on the artist work not not on and stuff in town because that's quite hard to keep going and then c your, pri- uh, your personal life as well yeah. because that's those three things are, even two of those things are difficult to, to, to manage you know never massively. mind three and especially if you're successful in all, in all areas as well man, like.
1: massively I guess like the personal life that's I think we learn as we go along right mm, yeah, yeah and like trying to there's a temptation to kind of uh,
0: minimise that though isn't there because you're working you're like well I'm late 20s early 30s I need to smash it now and it's that I think is dangerous. But the is you, you don't ever stop thinking that. Yeah. So perspective yeah. changes. like- I, I, And something maybe doesn't work out further down the line, and then you're left with no support, saying no friends, no because totally, uh, you just kind of. My
1: my, my really good friend Chris Nagel, again great drummer. He he said to me like, you make those decisions at that time. You make yeah. the best decision. Yeah. So I don't mm-hmm. think you can ever. You should ever look back and go, oh, I wish I'd done that, or had I done this? Yeah. yeah. Because at that moment. You went, I want to do this. Or I want to approach it like this. And I think you have to stand by that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's difficult. Like the the artists sing to the the function world. Like, okay, so this is my first year being in a function band, which you've been depping for. Riptide. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. I haven't been Riptide. on them because That's I've been the one with uh, Dane, Alex, Dane. Yeah, he texts me the Dan other day. It. Yeah, yeah. That's cool as well
0: because they're a bit rockier. It's with rocky. The two guitars. Yeah, and it's chill. It's fun. Yeah. So, oh, and he's somebody I need to get on the podcast. As well, Dane, because he is a great songwriter, like songwriting and all that. I was going to
1: suggest you actually get Dane. He's yeah. he's really, really good and really good nice. Car guy. journey with him, and he was uh yeah, he he said
0: it was, was, was a really nice chat. it was really interesting because it's a world that a lot of you know, as working musicians, we're working doing function working bits of artist stuff and all that the the long term lucrative plan for most people the obvious one is to go towards songwriting because that's something you can do at home have a personal life and create actual money for yourself for the future and stuff like yeah. that but then I also saw how hard he works and then a part of me is like also like oh, sure and
1: does he work that hard because he really wants it you know yeah, I guess like yeah, yeah. I think we're all in control of our the balance because yeah. I mean my perspective my life changed Quite dramatically, I guess the last 6-12 months in terms of like what I want to do, what I want to mm. achieve. Now like I still have big, big dreams. Yeah. The artist thing, like balancing that, is like, how do you dep out a show that you don't want to let them down, but you you have to make a choice. Yeah. So you know, the, I guess the questions go through my head of like, who's going to understand? Yeah. Um. I mean, I always get great dr- drummers on. Like recently, I've used Sam Edwards a bit. Sick drummer, like so good. Sam <laughs>
0: I don't know if I know Sam. No, I you, might have bumped into him at actually. Yeah, so.
1: possibly. I mean, very busy guy, but he's when I've got someone like him to go in depth for me, you're like, well, this show is going to be fine because the show yeah. is bigger than the musician, yeah, in my course. opinion. Yeah, yeah. And I'm never scared to put someone in who I believe is wicked. Mm. So like, there's that balance of trying to depth those and get that decision right. And I've got friends who've made the wrong decisions, and I have no doubt that I'll make a wrong decision in yeah. the future. But you, tr- like, I've learned from the guys who've been around a lot longer. And one of the guys said, "You'll never never keep everyone happy, oh yeah, it's not possible, so you try and make the best career moves um but the yeah the function thing like really like I'm in a very like in a, in a great band where they understand I can dip de- whenever yeah. dare I say it um." So that's always there. Yeah. It's just as long as I'm organising and get good guys in. Yeah. That gigs there. So when I finish touring, I come back and there's that.
0: That's the move that you
1: have to have sorted like, out. I think you have to be you know. clever with that. So that's my balance there. Yeah. And then my balance. So yeah, my balance of personal life is again you try and, and my girlfriend is also driven and yeah. is an artist and understands and
0: see that's that's quite, that's interesting because you're, your your miss is in the same world so like is is a problem that. Uh, uh, I have and I'm sure a lot of people have is um, you finish a gig like I did the one at 3 o'clock that means I won't get into bed till 4.30 at least because you're going to means- have 20 minutes when you get in yeah. and you're packed up and all that sort of thing if the next day is a Saturday morning and that might be the only kind of slot that you get to see your missus for instance yeah. you then have to get up at 9 or 10 otherwise you miss the whole day with them and then you've got to do that, but then you're going to do a gig that night as well. And So then, so, then you get grumpy, But oh by the, tired. by the time you get to Sunday, you're like just a mess. It, so, and then you've got, I mean, when you're busy midweek and all that sort of thing, it's a, it's a nightmare and it can be really kind of difficult. I think that's probably something that actually works in your favour as well because you, you don't. It probably does, my, yeah. my, my missus works the nine to five uh, sort of thing, so that if I want to see her I just have to get up and you have to be alright with two or three hours yeah
1: totally and I, but isn't that the commitment or the compromise you make as a, in a relationship or uh, yeah. in anything like that is that if you want to see her it doesn't become such an effort right yeah
0: I think this is a, one of the things about like uh, like when I've in the past been single and stuff that's when the networking and going out and seeing people becomes really easy it's like I get to a point now at the moment where balancing work and the personal life and trying to like get to an age where you're thinking about kind of, the future and, and, and all that sort of thing. And trying to get out to see everybody is then difficult and I have to really make myself do it because it's yeah. always the thing that's easiest to spoon off. Oh, I don't need to play football this week. I I, I need to sort this bit of admin. Now. It's like, no, nah, leave it. Get, well, go so it's and good, see people. Isn't it people. good
1: to like take some time for yourself?
0: Yeah, yeah. It's important, yeah.
1: I, I really do think that. and that, like I'd spent the last four and a half years... Like when I first moved to London I've just work, 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 wouldn't step away from it, wouldn't say no to anything. Yeah, yeah. Which is also I think a way, in my opinion, I had to do it. Mm. But I've also got to the point now where I'm like, Okay, I deserve a breather every now yeah. and again. Like oh, I yeah. deserve to take a few days off. Yeah. Or which I was scared to do or yeah. or why can't I go out with my mates and just chill and, and yeah. worry about that invoicing tomorrow morning or yeah, yeah, yeah. like th- there's nothing. I've done wrong it with the that. World
0: Cup. I've been like normally I'm doing all sorts of things like I'd probably do more podcasts or do some writing or some recording or some jamming with uh, with some of the lads or something like that and yeah. or, or planning some future project or something like that but recently what I've done is I am going to watch this World Cup as much as I can yep. I'm going to do the minimal amount of any bullshit and then I'm going to go and do my gig in the evening if I've Good got one you. and that's it and so we're missing for a game right minutes, now aren't we? oh yeah the Germany game yeah, yeah. oh shit yeah I do I don't think they're in much danger I've got the wall chart here. my missus was laughing at me for that. the wall chart uh, I said you've got to have the wall chart um, well, this is
1: my first world cup that I've hardly watched it the, right this is
0: the first one Oh, so we're missing the Korea Korea versus Germany and Mexico versus Sweden Mexico look great this year so the thing here is that Sweden if they beat Mexico maybe they knock Germany out something like that I don't know I'm I've been sure. fully fully into it though and it's been a good one as well like normally I watch the England matches and go ah not be bothered anymore. But just like going out, having a beer, or sitting in here watching it, and just taking that time to do nothing and to not be thinking. Well, because I important. think as
1: well, like we're so we're self-employed, we're we're so driven, and there's an element of the pressure of you have to work mm, to earn. Yeah. And being London's an expensive city, like mm. I'm sure, like all the music hubs in the world, like your LA's, your Nashville, your New York's, like yeah. you, you've always got that pressure. Yeah. But like. I think as well, like take some time. Yeah. This is my opinion, but like take some time for yourself. Because then you you know, then you don't mind you can go like full full steam ahead and yeah. you do the work. Yeah. Take a breather. Yeah, I, yeah. that's where I've got to, but that was the first time in my life. The yeah. first time being a musician. Yeah. And and I did that. And I still have a problem saying no sometimes. I,
0: this is so, so yeah, this is an important thing I think to talk about because I think I get this and I feel really guilty about this because i I sometimes think that I'm the only one and I might be one of the only ones, but I, it happens around this time of year as well when it just starts to get crazy busy and you're doing four or five six a week or something or you do a trot of like yeah. two weeks nonstop or something and you're yeah. like, Bleh, like a zombie. But I get to the point where and this might not be it's probably not true for everybody. When when I went to LA with um, Jason Tebby who runs this uh, music workshop thing and I did this that is great. last year, yeah, yeah. and um, when we were out there just before we went out there and as we were out there I like totally fell out of anything to do with music and it's kind of happened around the same time this year as well like get to a point where I just have two or three weeks where I'm like I don't want to see a guitar if I'm not on stage I don't want to have anything to do with it get like kind of totally washed out with it and it's probably lack of sleep and, and, and doing too much work like that but then I then I'll look on social media and I'll see people posting videos of them playing or somebody or see another guitar player or something like that playing and then I'll be like, I fucking, I hate that they love it so much at this point when I hate it. Like, well, are they
1: going for the same stage, right?
0: I might, I hope so, but I think and I think probably a lot of people do, but they just don't want to talk about it probably yeah. because it's it's a little bit like on the depression side. Everyone kind of goes, I don't want to be that person talking about that, but. I think you can do your head in with it, and that's why it's important to take those those times and those breaks.
1: But right now I'm I'm lacking a bit of inspiration. Yeah, I'm not practicing. Like again, my excuse was I'm I'm too busy to practice at the moment, which is somewhat true. But actually, if I really wanted to find an hour, I could find an hour. Like, yeah. you just get up earlier mm-hmm. or whatever, you know. Yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I mean, I took a week last week, and I was in New York, and yeah. I didn't really think about where I I replied to a few emails because yeah. I think you, you kind of need to. You can't just ignore certain yeah. stuff. But I was like, I'm taking a break for six days. I'm going away and I'm going to chill. Mm. And then I'll go back to it. And that's what happens.
0: Something happens where you get, you give yourself that time and you come back to it. You're like, oh, fuck, I'm back. Back in the room. And then it's like learning more licks or doing more creative stuff than you've ever done before. Or or working harder on the behind the scenes stuff with the projects. And yeah.
1: Yeah, I think so. I think that's, that's what I needed. Yeah anyway because
0: I, um, I get to a point where I can get some of those guitars and pick them up and almost smash the wall with them <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, ah! <laughs> yeah no totally I mean like I said I'm not really practicing at the moment which is my own fault I guess and I'm and I'm feeling slightly uninspired mm. but then I'm going to a gig to, I'm playing a gig tonight and I'm kind, kind of looking forward to it yeah, yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's with people I know and I like playing with and mm. it's straightforward. You're going to do the gig, you go home and it's nice, nice and easy tonight. They're the
0: best gigs because you you, the, you, don't have the stress of any of the other pressures. You're actually working on, we're going to play some music and it's going to be nice. Yeah.
1: And I literally just need sticks. Yeah. Everything's there. Yeah, oh, wow. So you do get to the point as well, I think, when, you, when you've when you done enough gigs, you go, do you know what? If I can get away with it, I'm not going to have to bring anything. I can just turn up with sticks. Oh, dude.
0: I've been looking at them fly rigs that you can get as a guitar player. They're like... Um, I have the Helix, which is like a big kind of spaceship pedal board. But the good thing about that is you can turn it without an amp and plug straight into a PA, and it sounds like a Kemper sort of thing. Amazing. But There's one that's done by this company called Tech Twenty One, and it's literally like uh, like that sort of. Wow. big. It's like a it's like a large pencil case size, and wow. it's got it's by Sans Amp as well. So it's got like a like. A you do don't you miss it? that
1: bit of air though on stage? Yes, of course you do. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. when a bass player goes, "I'm just gonna di from whatever and yeah. not have an amp. Like oh, I yeah. want to feel it."
0: Yeah, of course, yeah. But then again, sometimes you do gigs where it's in-ears and you don't get to feel it anyway. And if you're... I just traipse through the underground or the tube at like rush hour or whatever like that. I'm oh, looking well, at that, and uh, it's 200, 200 quid, and I'm thinking, that's a lot lighter than the... Than this the is helix. what happens,
1: right? I remember right, my my first... Let's say my first proper gig in London, but one of my first gigs with, with Joseph. And they're like, right, we're going to meet at the joint, King's Cross... Um, turn up we're going going to Ireland to play Mm. I think the show was called Other Voices which is this wicked show in Ireland Um, and I was really excited and I had like my suitcase full of I think I had a cymbal bag on my back Mm. which was about 20 kilograms and in in my suitcase I think there was like obviously a bit of clothing and then there was I think a DTX so like the SPDS thing stand for that and some of it, it was like thirty kilograms. Right. And then actually and then I had a rucksack clothes. Right. I just had all these bits I had to take for the yeah, yeah. Firstly, no experience to know that we could probably fly that this way and I could have not had to take that and all these kind of things. And I had to go on rush hour. Firstly, people hated me I'm yeah. top a suitcase, a single bag, and a rucksack. <laughs> You're an obstacle, yeah. And I am caped and sweat. Yeah. Because it's a hot dude. summer's day like today, it's and I'm on the tube and I turned up and i would never met Joseph. I'd done a rehearsal with with Brendan, uh, and I turned up, so I'd only met Brendan, no, never met Joseph, turned up, they're waiting in the cab, I'm like 10 minutes late, because I couldn't wheel this 30 yeah. kilogram bag, No I'm not even joking, I remember weighing it at the airport, and I was just caked in sweat, yeah. and I was like, hey, I'm Johnny. <laughs> what
0: an impression. Unfortunately
1: for you, I'm your drummer. You know? <laughs> and, but you learn these things from now on you go, yeah. I mean, I drove to you today, yeah. partly because I can't be bothered to, Catch a tube in this heat. Oh, it, dude! You just, yeah. you, it changes you. Yeah, you, you Spend a bit more money. I'm going to go things. and get the
0: aircon fixed in her car today because it's. Uh, I've got to do a long journey to Exeter on Saturday. Yeah. And uh, her car's the woods, actually. Right. Okay. Her car's diesel, so it's going to be way cheaper on petrol. My car's petrol, but it's got air conditioning. His diesel, but it hasn't. So we're going to get. Some you air take air the you on, take them on the aircon, right? Well yeah, but we're going to get the aircon fixed on hers, and then get the right. cheap cheap diesel. It's off the con, Yeah, and uh, jobs are good then. But yeah, no, I mean, I I always I, pff, going on tubes to gig in central and I always drive if I can.
1: yeah, I mean as a drummer, often I have to, but mm. I will make that choice to to drive. I just yeah, be, yeah, prefer yeah. it. But then you know, there's an the extra cost of probably parking and. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those but things, but you, you these are the
0: experience it. things that you do pick up because that's we've all done that thing of turning up to turning up to a gig in the summer you just wet through and yeah. you're like. What am I? It's doing? not good for anybody. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah, good and it's fine for being any. wet after the gig. Yeah, being yeah, wet yeah. before the gigs. No,
1: no, no exactly. But you yeah. just make these choices, and yeah, like you, you learn from these. I mean, I've done, I'm sure, some hilarious things in my time. But you go, I'm not doing that again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, you just make make these choices that you, you know. When people say, the older guys always used to say, you know, you can't, you can't be experienced. Like one of my my favorite all time bass players is a guy called Billy, and he and he, he was a bass player at this hotel in Craig St Thomas in Somerset where I started depping and um, solid as a rock but he used to t- I just used to learn so much from him. he used to inspire me, he still inspires me to this day. And we, we speak every now and again. And and he'd just say things like simple, solid, steady and your work. We would be like in the he'd be in the mic, Johnny you're speeding up like and I just learned from him. Yeah. And that like, I love being around those those kind yeah. of those kind of people. And like he's so right. Like you can not experience that like you can't teach that yeah and just from the simple decisions you make or like how i prep myself for a gig or how i approach especially festivals classic festival two weeks ago with right said fred and it's a shit storm nothing's working or it's not in the right channels and i'm playing so then i'm playing this gig and i hadn't played with them for a few weeks i had to to uh, get cover on a show um and i was playing to like click and like i was playing to a band in a bubble two miles away it was the worst sound I'd ever heard. <laughs> but you just have to deal with it. But like yeah. I do enough things to prep myself to know like what's going on. I might even go like on my set list. That's how it starts. Yeah, it yeah. starts with keys for eight bars or just to remind myself. Girl, yeah. Cool, because you're going like next song, bang, terrible sound. I just glance down. Like you just make these little choices oh, yeah. or like even with your gear this gear is gonna work best or this is more robust yeah. for someone chucking at the van
0: I oh, do. I look at guys with pedal boards that are like got wires and stuff and patch cables and stuff going on I just remember gigs in the past where there'd be one every so often and it'll always be the most important gig as well yeah. and something don't work or you just do it and you're like fuck which one is yeah. it so are <laughs> you
1: the guy that carries 10 spare patch leads or are you the guy that tries out your gear the night before now we all know we can get a bit complacent right yeah. so are you that guy or are you the guy that turns up yeah. or you get a helix and you don't have any wires well exactly <laughs> but, you, but you do get to that point you go yeah. you know I think you trust your gear and you know what you've got and yeah. you, you know, it's where you invest your money right and yeah. everyone always says like the best place to invest is to invest in yourself yeah. and whether that's gear or practice or, yeah. or lessons or whatever yeah, that might yeah.
0: be yeah. when I do the piano works the sound guys come up to me and they when I turn up with the Helix I mean, I've used it through the amp but I've used the direct as well and they're like thank you really? <laughs> yeah really? yeah because they just, like everybody's got their own wacky versions of of what sounds oh, of course yeah. sounds alike and not to not to knock any of the guys at the, the piano works, but there's some like there's some guys who play more country stuff and there's some guys who have a more kind of and the amps are quite aggressive sounding as well whereas what I tend to do is turn up and make everything as fun, mellow and flat as possible yeah and then my pedals are all pretty subtle and then there's some like cool special effects like whammy pedal yeah, or stuff. Yeah, exactly. Or, <laughs> or some like A whammy bar that's speaker. in the pedal. So yeah, you don't exactly. have one, you just like... Exactly. Yeah. Um, and, it, it, th- and it makes a difference, but that's that's all pro experience of like, this will be fun on the gig. Yeah. And I think that's another thing that people forget about geeks as well. It's like, I learned this from watching Ari up north, Ari Ranis, who was the guy I was depping for a lot. And then Mac down here, Mac Douglas as well. Like, funny is as good as technical yep. and stuff like uh, putting just daft daft riffs in or yep. guitar solo and like a lot of guitar players would go right swing with we'll show them a Shredding Chops and to play like Parisian walkways over like yep. uh, I Will Survive or and something like that and that's the thing like like that. having fun with it funny. and
1: you, you again I guess experience tells you when it's the right and wrong place to do that Yeah, but I'm all up for having fun w- with, with guys but like, yeah. like you said that, that experience has taught you to what you can and can't do and yeah. I think you know way anyway you can do this, you go out and play and you yeah. watch guys do it and you yeah. learn and you make mistakes, right? Yeah, and also
0: the uh, experience of how to blag something that's going totally wrong and somebody and to make it look like nothing's.
1: Mate, I've got the best <laughs> I've got the best train wreck story ever. Oh yeah, And sometimes we're just all involved in a train wreck. Right? Yeah, oh yeah, it dude. Even for professionals it happens. <laughs> so I was about twenty one. And it's not to say that hasn't happened since, but I was twenty one, I was depping at Craig St. Thomas that I'd mentioned earlier with Billy. And it was sight reading. And there's a point, uh, you know, now I would say, like to think that I'm a, a strong sight reader. But at this point, 21, yeah, I can read. But until you sight read, like, you're really learning. And they're like, right, Johnny, we're going back on, we're doing this pad. I'm like, what do you mean this pad? You've not sent me this pad. So I put this pad up, and everyone who knows me knows at this point I'm okay because it goes, status quo, rocking all over the world. I'm like, oh, I've got this. Yeah. What I didn't think about whilst reading it is that, it's a segue to a completely different song Uh-oh. at a completely different tempo. Oh, no. I don't know this at this point. So we're playing rocking all over the world and like, I know this. and Might as well be spinning my sticks. Yeah, yeah. And then they shouted, the singers went, and it's all a bit cheesy, like legs up in the air kind of thing. And they shouted, drum solo. What it actually was, was a tempo drop from about, probably about 30, 40 BPM. I mean, that's already disaster waiting to happen. Yeah. Right? And when they mean drum solo, they meant like... So I'm going... And they go, drum solo? I'm like, yeah. So I just beep And I just went... Symbols. I literally... Just symbols. Lost the click. Lost the time. And Billy just went... Oh, Two, three, fun we're back in. Oh,
0: dude, but there you go, that's but, it, you dealt But worst drum solo ever. Oh, I, some would argue the best. <laughs> exactly, but those
1: OAPs must have been like, this guy needs to practice. Yeah, he yeah. Needs
0: to- The old people can be the worst. I remember doing a gig, it was on Christmas Day, with Anna Jaichner in my acoustic duo, where we got paid and quoted them silly money thinking that they weren't going to pay us, and they did. So it turned up, not knowing what this gig is at this hotel on Christmas Day, and uh, it's just uh, Blue Rinse. like It's just uh, oh, it's just all, all the old people. Bling. It's a saga holiday, basically. So good. In Bristol. You must so, like, be killing it there, man. We are just like, you? hmm, this Bruno Mars' track. I don't mean, know if this is going to quit today. <laughs> so we get two songs in, and, and because they're old, and they just don't give a fuck, they just will outright talk to you and stop you. Uh, actually, we was hoping you could put a Foxtrot in for us, Yep, and so I'm saying to Anna like, Fox Trot. She goes, "We can do Moon Dance as a Fox And I was like, "Oh, whatever the song was."
1: <laughs> and you'll go, "What's a Fox Yeah, I know. Like I have no idea. I play, I play metal, and you know? so
0: yeah, exactly. She goes, "Oh, it's like this. It's like whatever it was the rhythm." And she sings it to me, like, right, "Okay, we can do this here." So I'm playing it, and this old lady's dancing with this old bloke. And they look, they look like this guy passed out on the sofa. Like they've just had a Christmas dinner. Like <laughs> there's no reason for us to be there, especially for the money that they're paying. <laughs> and she shouts, and "She's." this woman is still shouting out and directing me on tempo as I'm playing. But this is because (laughs) they grew up dancing these things. They know the tempos, yeah. They do. And it was a fucking... It was... I was sweating. There's like four four or five old couples in front of me. That's all there is. And I'm like... This is the gnarliest gig I've
1: ever been yeah, and they're <laughs> tough, and you learn so much, and, yeah, I mean, that, that Sight Ring gig stuff, I learned a lot, because, oh, yeah, you know, that, that was... scare some,
0: a lot of people, especially guitar players.
1: Yeah, it's, it's scary, but, you know, I've been involved in some hilarious things, some training. I mean, one of the yeah. funniest things I ever did was, as we know, some TV shows are mime. Yeah, yeah. And we did a lot of French stuff with, with Joseph Salvat, like, yeah. his record was, like, gold or platinum over there, and we did so much, and it was this really weird... TV slash radio thing in an arena I think it was in Marseille at 6am or yeah. well, we got there at 6am mm. we were playing at like 8am I mean how they fill an arena at 8am I will <laughs> never know but they did and it's crazy people sounds French yeah <laughs> often it's the it's a very peculiar way and so they go right you guys are next you got your packs in we're miming and they've got the band so myself Johnny Coot Dan McAulvenny oh, monster Johnny Coot incredible keys player and yeah. bass player and plays everything yeah, but yeah. as a keys player phenomenal um, anyway, we play this tiny, it's not even a stage, but you've got a drum kit, a bass, and guitar. And they go, right, you're on. Someone had pressed play as we're walking on. The a drums start. No, the drums start, <laughs> I'm not even at the kit. I'm walking on and start running because the drums are going... And I'm like, I run on. But, but I don't know what happened. I got the giggles. Oh, no. And you know when you get the giggles, yeah. and I was literally... And this is on TV. On TV. And by the way, anyone watching, I'm also... An ultimate professional. Oh, he's
0: a total professional, but yeah, but it goes wrong sometimes. When you're giggling,
1: you're giggling. Yeah. And I literally could not stop. And I look at Dan, and he sees me giggling. He starts giggling. <laughs> JC sees us giggling. We're all giggling. Co-ops each other, yeah. And also, at this point, we're all looking down, because we just can't stop laughing. But also, what's happening is there's this, there's this massive Spongebob Squarepants <laughs> dancing at 8am. Sounds like a like, bad trip. Like, Spongebob just... Get on your bike, mate. No, jog on. What are you doing? Um, and it's this, like, cleaning guy mopping the stage Well, Joseph's kind of dancing around him. This is the craziest thing ever. Whoa. We're all laughing. The, the track starts before we got there. We're giggling. <laughs> the song finishes. I just had to get off that stage. Oh, and my it was, goodness. I like, you kind of had to be there, but it was hilarious.
0: The, one of the worst gigs I ever did, and it well, there was definitely nothing funny about it, but I, I it's one of those where... Um, Cold sweats and like instant flu. Like sometimes a gig can be so bad. That, like, I've heard other people say this. Like it, it gave me flu on stage. Well, like, well,
1: watching you. No. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Someone's like, "I got the flu." Yeah. yeah <laughs> it's dude, so that, bad. Dude, that was so bad. It gave me the flu.
0: No, my own like my own experience of being on the stage. It was yeah. just some rich person's party in uh, um, in Glasgow. It was at Glasgow Opera House, and it was a, a rockioke thing. And it was when I first started doing rockioke, and I now I. Like, we all know Rocky Oak bands. It's basically karaoke with a live band. We've all done it in London yep. and stuff. But there's a main company that's based in York that does it, uh, Johnny Short. And I was de- I was only a dep on it. So it's 200 songs to learn. I'd charted most of them out, all of them out pretty much. And at that point, I was using this chart, this book to flip through them before the start of the song. Fucking imagine how stressful that is. <laughs> like, yeah. really
1: like 50p a song, basically. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's
0: ridiculous. And to do it as a dep, it's like, I've. Sh- I f- I learn a lot from doing it but yeah. monetarily yeah, I should have just said no to that It's daft but yeah. I do it now it's like the good lads and everything I like to join in with it because it's a good laugh but that particular gig the bass player on that Johnny Short started a song and they, he never had enough time to properly find the song you had to yeah. be like thinking about it at the end of the last song Yeah, and he said uh, he looks over and he shouts believer <laughs> and I'm like the song I'm like right okay, who buy and He goes <laughs> the monkeys and of course there's two monkey songs that's got believer in there's daydream believer and I'm a believer. <laughs> oh no, this so, is so good. I'm only nervous. I'm already nervous because it's one of my first Rocky Oki gigs and uh, you must have
1: killed that room with that song choice. Oh
0: mate, dude, it's- yeah, exactly. Because he but- definitely
1: meant the monkeys, didn't he? Yeah, like yeah.
0: They-, they both buy the, the monkeys. So I'm oh, a believer okay. and daydream believer. Right, but right? it's so different. Yeah, so he obviously I get the wrong one. He starts it and I'm like, you know, and it's just drums, bass and guitar. So it's massively reliant on guitars. No keyboard, no with harmony instrument. So all I'm hearing from him is drums and bass. Not great sound on stage. And I'm playing, and it's totally not the same song that I'm playing. I know that much. And I look across at him and I'm looking at it. And I felt like I was tripping or something because I'm looking at his bass and I'm like, I don't understand what's happening on his bass at all. <laughs> and he's po- looking at his hand like as if he's showing me what the notes are. Yeah. I'm like, I love it
1: when because I see that. They go like,
0: yeah, check it. And because it's the, totally the wrong song and I'm not even thinking about the other one. I think it was... It was I'm a believer but I'm thinking daydream believer so the rhythm's wrong the bass doesn't make any sense to me and then it's a five string bass as well so I'm looking at it and at that moment I just felt like all the water just pour out of my head and I just went <laughs> instantly into fl- I had, and I did end up with flu on the way back from that gig <laughs> like, flu. so I just kind of like <laughs> chik, 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 like mimed along with it as if there was anything else playing that's the thing. Bass as a guitarist you can hide yeah, you well, not hide. on that, not on that gig though, because it's like yeah, otherwise just bass and drums. But, but yes, you can just
1: do that, and yeah. <laughs> just not really do anything. Oh, as a drummer, no, you can't hide it at all. No, yeah, I've always found that as a drummer, you're like you ain't hiding. Oh yeah, it's fucked. Yeah, and like if there's a bad ending, you're gonna hear what the drummer does as an ending. Yeah, you can just pull off as a guitarist. Or...
0: Oh yeah, dude, that's mine, that's mine. I'm not Again, away from experience. The if you're yeah. not sure what's going on with the drummer's
1: ending. Just uh, back yeah. away. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but you can't as a drummer. Yeah. Oh, that's Back away and fiddle with the amp a bit, yeah. But it's like, I feel like these experiences, one teach you a lot, oh, yeah. and you but you laugh at them. Oh. Like, totally, yeah. I will always there's there's some things that I will laugh at and go, God, that was somewhat a train wreck. Oh, yeah. But I learned so much. And I was young and yeah. and you know, there will be times in our lives going forward that there will be moments. Oh, yeah. But we're human. We're, yeah, we made mistakes. Yeah, and it's live
0: music, that's the whole point of it. One of the worst ones that happened to me recently was that oh shit, it's four oh one. Your fucking car, what's the time's it until? Uh, uh,
1: not till then. Should oh, I oh, put shit. some more on?
0: Yeah, do you want to put another ten minutes on it or something? Yeah. Should like should we
1: some, can we edit this or we just? Yeah, like we can. No, that's yeah. cool. Um, let me see. God, it's hot there as well.
0: Dude, this uh, flat is warm as. Do you know
1: what's s- gonna happen?
0: Midsummer in uh, Hackney Central. What? What's What's gonna happen?
1: Is I'm gonna put more time than I've already got. Ticket. No. Uh, we'll try it. It'd
0: be fine. You were fifty eight, weren't you? That's thought 54. time? Um, so technically isn't it like ten minutes they can? Five. But that means if if it's not, that guy would have had the parking guy would have had to turn up at fifty four and it'd yeah. be fine. See the, uh, the hazards of, of, of parking of ha in parking in Hackney Central. <laughs> By the way, just take a moment to appreciate this amazing trim that Mr. Johnny Brist has given me today on the beard. I don't know if you can see it from over there. I'll come a bit closer. This guy's got skills. <laughs>
2: <This> <laughs>
0: don't worry, mate. Take your time.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Oh, yeah. be yes mate, dude. I uh, yeah. Um we we can wrap up start yeah, wrapping up any time ten, you ten want. Minutes or so.
1: Yeah,
0: Do that, yeah. Yeah. Sounds sounds perfect. Cool. back in the room. And he's Back in the room. Back in the room, yeah. Something like that. Dude, oh, no, have, no, no, no. Parking around here is a nightmare. I may so have a parking plan. We'll find out. No, no, we'll be okay. Um, yeah, this slack round here, I reckon. The park. I've got nothing to base that on. But I got a parking ticket the other day doing a gig with Sam Weston where we. Sam's ran, fault. Yeah, we, we both got one. We, uh, it's one of those private companies and it was like a park, car park, a park arc right next to the <laughs> restaurant. Until it looks like it's the restaurant's car park. So we just got out of cars and went, let's go and get a pizzeria. And then, let's get a pizzeria at this pizzeria. And, uh, pizzeria? Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, like
1: some, like, some of my friends really pick up on my accent. Like, mm. occasionally I don't give it, give it off, but there's certain things I say yeah. that I'm sure people didn't know I was from Somerset, but, like, when you say things, like, pizzeria. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah.
0: Some people confuse me with... uh Dan Francis Owens accent as well, and I'm like, dude, I'm not f- that accent, nothing like that. Sh- uh, Rotherham and the Wigan's weird- Wigan, yeah, kind of Manchester way. The, yep. the weird thing about those northern accents is that you can be in the next town and be totally different. So Sheffield's actually really different to Rotherham. Okay. People in Rotherham call people from Sheffield D-dars, right? Okay. Like D and that and D and this and all that. Really? Yeah, it's totally different. Whereas the Rotherham things a bit more brow, I suppose I don't know it's more like kind of yeah. guttural or something like yeah. that but yeah so people confusing mine with uh, with Dan's is is ridiculous because he's a proper Mancunian accent in there yeah know? although he might say then to me it's like well it's a Wigan accent mate. maybe I just don't got the ear to discern yeah about. but yeah but yours Somerset but yours is tone like yours isn't that like what's the what's the tone definitely. I think <laughs> what's, the, <laughs> what's the full-on Somerset accent sound like is it well, I, I, think I, if you I like, confuse like, it with Gloucestershire because my mum's well, from Nah, see really that, I would be like, what her? are you on about? Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. So, like, I'm quite a bit more south than that. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, there was a saying, I always tell everyone this story.
0: Have you toned yours down on purpose, or is it toned down to your friends, compared to your friends?
1: I think I'd probably, probably speak to my granddad and probably go into it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Like, But when I go home, I really notice their accent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's certain things, like I would say, like laugh and grass. and.
0: Oh, that's it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like yeah.
1: that all my friends go, yeah, there it is. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I just think that. Maybe it's dumbed down a bit because I've lived in London for five years.
0: Yeah. Oh no, not dumbed down, but like, yeah, watered down. So yeah, yeah, you. like uh,
1: or maybe it's because I was slightly conscious of it. Like, to yeah. some of my friends, they think it's a very endearing accent, right? That's what everyone says to me about the Yorkshire accent as well. I think it is. But I also think that we're the piss accent of the country. <laughs> so, like, we've got the Wurzels. Um, like, okay, let me teach you a Wurzels song yeah
0: you know also what? remember don't forget some of the story you were going to tell me as well what was the story I think you said there's a funny story that you said you'll remember it oh right.
1: about the, what I would tell people right okay so I think it's what you're talking about um, there was a guy called Edward I don't know why I remember his name like, I, I come from a little village where there was a pub a church and a lawnmower shop <laughs> you can't even buy milk but you can buy a lawnmower yeah. like it's so summer. you just get it out of the tap out the, out the yeah exactly with the cow <laughs> in, the, in the boat Really lovely upbringing actually, like a beautiful place in the world, lovely family. Like without them, their support, like wouldn't be doing what I'm doing. Yeah. But like, it's just a very small village. And there was, we were sat at the pub bench at like 13 and someone had, this Edward came up to us and he was like, here, guys. So we'd like proper somerset. You ain't seen no one round here, have you? Yeah. And, and I'd be like, well, you wanna make civil? what they've done? They got an apple, they chopped nasty nails, he's like an edge arc. Now, a lot of my friends will know what I'm talking about, and a lot of people will be like, What have you just said? But someone had got an apple, they chopped it in half, stuck nails in it, so it looked like a hedgehog. But they'd, they'd put it behind his tire, but he'd seen it. So he went, Hey, boy, I've seen you got an apple chopped nasty nails, he's like an edge arc. And we all just went, Ah, oh, Eddie. You know, like, they're like, you hear those accents, and some people were like, Oh, that's endearing. Yeah. I hear it, and I'm like, Stupid. <laughs> it's so stupid. So I think, as a teenager, I probably dumbed it down. Oh right, yeah, yeah. That happens
0: a lot with like people who go to big cities and have a unique accent. So I know that, like, from stuff that I listen to and watch in America, like people who turn up in California with a Boston accent, for instance, try and get rid of it straight away. But some people don't. I, I don't know. Like, I, I, I've been through periods of time where I've been like, oh, "This is. I'm not. I'm not." I hear myself talking, and I'm like, "Sounds ridiculous." But actually. Then I also go through more periods of times where I kind of want well, to I'm, I'm, I'm committing to this. This, yeah. is, this is who I am, this is what's
1: happening. Like. Exactly, is and like. isn't that like a great thing of why you are who you are, like what mm. the music you like and yeah. it's where your family are from. Yeah. And I think some people can't shift it. Yeah. Like I would almost say that I, don't, I couldn't imagine you without your accent now. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course. Yeah, and yeah. I'd say it's quite strong. Yeah. Like, same as Dan, Dan Francis Owen, yeah, like, yeah, such yeah. a strong accent. Whereas like Matt Bramwell, for example, was Scottish right but you almost couldn't tell like yeah, there's a little twang yeah, yeah, yeah. so i think i'd probably hit that cusp of things of like yeah. i'm proud of where i'm from i i love it and i've got a great great stories of me and my friends of playing in the fields on our bmx yeah. chasing sheep you know like yeah, yeah, yeah. that genuinely happened yeah. and you never catch the sheep yeah. but, but like, <laughs> i love that and i'll never forget that yeah. and i don't and i think musically as well I'll never forget your roots just and everything, and that's why people sound like they do. And yeah. so I, I know I'm incredibly proud to come from Somerset, yeah, yeah. but I I think I did spend my teenage years just being aware of it. Yeah, because oh, it is oh, the sure, just yeah. take accent of the the country. Yeah, and you don't, and things like that you make sense. of... I think
0: uh, also uh, what happens with musicians when they come to London, as well, is that you tend to this definitely happened to me, and it was my girlfriend that pointed me out, pointed it out to me. It's like the music in in these towns around the country particularly i found this in sheffield but i think it's probably true in lots of towns maybe where you come from as well there's a lot more kind of quirkiness and it's a bit more interesting whereas in london everyone's trying to do that session thing and it gets a bit homogenized and yeah. focused on technique or focused on everybody knowing those jazz licks or they're going to put into some metal guitar solo or whatever it is yeah. or that chord voicing and people lose the kind of they get lose the uh, inclination to try and do something more unique maybe yeah like it's having like, your
1: own identity right
0: yeah and not knocking any kind of like um, of the artists that are out there or anything like that but there's like for mainstream a mainstream pop artists, there's only a couple of kind there's a very narrow window of what it is that they're going to sound like and you know before you hear it, yeah. probably what it's going to sound like not that it's not good but you do but I remember growing up when I started going to watch bands at my local of which like Big names came through. I always laugh because one of them was the Lost Prophets, (laughs) (laughs) like whatever. But there, but there were so many unique sounds. And it was all rock based. But there were so many unique, different bands. And all the bands that I know still making music from there and have done over the last period of time, all had some unique, quirky thing about them. And maybe I don't look enough in London, but I don't see. It's one thing I I find I like. I'm trying to get back to now is to try and find some quirky combinations of sounds and. Try and be a bit more unique with the when writing original stuff and not and all that sort
1: of thing. Yeah, I mean original is tough, right? Because you can't help how you sound, mm. and you surely you pull upon references of what you've listened to throughout your life.
0: Yeah, but some people are writing, maybe write stuff because, oh, this is a sound that's big at the moment, and I think this is a sort of place
1: where you would. And I guess be drawn that's where you become. That. Does that make you a good songwriter? Because you can adapt. Mm. But then, if it's already happening, aren't you too late?
0: Exactly. This is the thing. I mean, I like, that's
1: not really my area, and I wouldn't say it's my strong point of knowledge either. Yeah.
0: I like Queens of the Stone Age because when they start, uh, what they talk about, Josh Holman, when he talks about Caius and Queens of the Stone Age, when yeah. they were growing up, they lived in a place that was so out of the way, and so detached from all of the music scene that basically all the bands in that area, you'd get, like, bullied if you try if you sounded anything like any other band. Yeah. So you always had to have the unique, unique sound. I, I'm a huge fan
1: of Queens of the Stone Age. Probably wow. like. They're my ultimate
0: band, dude. I'd love to do a podcast with Josh Homme.
1: What, dude? I actually saw that Nosami. Have you seen it on Netflix? It's uh, Jesse Hughes and Josh Homme. It's the Eagles' of death metal thing where the um, terrorist attacks are at the backline. Oh yeah. Um, sad. Yeah. But Have you played watch. there? Because you've
0: done a lot in France.
1: Uh, no, I'd done Olympia. Right. Which is when they went back and played. I think. Right. I think that's how it worked. I uh, hadn't done the backline, but we were in France at the time. Yeah. Uh, I, I want to say we were in Bordeaux but I don't honestly remember yeah. and we had a show the next day that was cancelled because obviously the whole of France just went whoa I yeah. mean it was a, it was yeah. so like we weren't even in the Beyond same city
0: comprehension.
1: Yeah. yeah like we I mean we were in Paris probably three or five days before mm. um so we weren't even in it directly we were in another city but we were touring France at the time and just the feel of the place yeah like I mean, it gives me goosebumps thinking about it now. Like yeah. you, like I said, we're not even there. We're not even directly affected. But you, but then you, you are affected in terms of like some of the guys. Uh, we, I can't remember who we were on tour with. I forget. But there was a French band. And I feel like some of their crew were friends with the crew who were at the Batclamp. Yeah. Who lost their lives. Yeah. Um, and, and then, so you see these people upset. And then you see these like management. That I won't talk as a whole, but like this, there was this management who was more concerned about the show being on tomorrow, the next day, because it was costing money. It was like, yeah. like, can we have some compassion here? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. This isn't even like affecting affect me directly, but the people on your team, it is. Yeah, yeah. Like,
0: oh so yeah, just give a shit. Yeah, and it's and of course it's irrational that obviously their management are thinking kind of maybe logically where they're like, look, that's happened there. There's no way it's going to happen in Bordeaux or whatever the, ne- the next night. That's like. Re- it's almost less likely because it's happened there tonight. Of course. But at the same time,
1: you, like, we're well, all humans, li- and we're all. life are you risking here? Exactly. And, and and actually, don't forget, like it's not just the people on stage; it's the people watching. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I just want that's when I see like corporate stuff, and I'm like, yeah, it's bigger than filling that yeah. bank account for that one night. Yeah. Or, you know, I don't know. I mean, that's uh, another thing to give it. But I remember being in France at the time. Yeah. And that was tense. Oh, and I remember, yeah. and I don't know if the whole tour got cancelled. I, I honestly don't remember, it was a couple of years ago. Yeah. But I remember getting to the border and on the the ferries and there's been this huge queue because everyone was leaving.
0: It, right? Yeah, it's, a, it's one of the weirdest bands for it to happen to as well, Eagles of Death Metal. I fucking love Eagles of Death Metal. Yes, it's just so, I've actually got a little project that I've kind of half-modelled on it a little bit. Again, talk about cool. the unique thing, like... All the riffs are like there's a little bit of a tonal y kind of almost sounds like bad guitar playing on purpose sort of exactly thing. yeah
1: when it's played badly but so well yeah it's, it's basically like
0: dumbing your dumbing your own playing down to make this tune cooler sort of thing and yeah. I'm well into that I really I like agree. that idea so I I I, agree, I, I yeah. tried, I'm trying to do some stuff like that at the moment uh, but what weird band fits were happened to as well Eagles of Death Metal like I, I who, assume it was random right that's what I, I mean it must have been yeah because it's it's like it doesn't they're not even that big a draw, do you know. I mean, it must have been the venue that they were kind of more. Into. Uh, yeah, the
1: venue. I think it was sold out. Um, yeah. yeah, I watched it last night. It's, if you haven't seen it, check yeah. it out. It's. I've know, avoided
0: it because I kind of like. I know he went off the deep end with all the gun stuff and all that sort of thing, but yeah, I think I'll have to have to go. So
1: yeah, it's it. emotional. It's really sad, and you like you the people. There's interviews with people who were there, mm-hmm. and those are like that's real life stuff yeah. that. That's when you look at your own life and you go, like, you, you know, hopefully we look at it and you're grateful and you're fortunate yeah, for what you do have. Oh, yeah, for sure. You, know, you should I know bring it home. And I, it. Yeah, I know we can all take things for granted, you know.
0: What sort of music were you into growing up? Because uh, were you ever, like, uh, I know you had yeah, obviously the rock thing going on and stuff, were you ever, like, a hip-hop guy at all?
1: Yeah, I had a period, for sure. Mm. Like, again, that's who you hang around with, right? Yeah, yeah. So there was a period definitely... So I, I definitely started with, like, The Blink... I grew up from my parents with, the Beatles, Phil Collins, Stevie Wonder, Genesis, Queen. Yeah. Like they're probably the main main things. Thanks to my mum, with Mac. Yeah. And at the time, I don't think I really understood it, and now I have these records. And my yeah. mum, I'm a, I'm into my vinyl now. My my mum gave me all her records. I've got this like '70s Rumours album. Yeah. Which doesn't really play. It's been played so much. Yeah. just <laughs> like scratches. But like I love it, and and my mum was one of the. The biggest inspiration is there's always music being played. My dad's not that into music. Mm. Um, although he says he loves cosy pal Rod Stewart. He doesn't, <laughs> he doesn't really. My mum loves Rod Stewart. He really, he really doesn't have a clue what he's talking about. <laughs> and he hate me for saying that. But wicked footballer. I'm going to say that. Oh, right, okay. One of the top goal scorers in, in Somerset, I think, in the leagues. Really? Yeah, he was music. great. He was great. But yeah, my mum was so inspiring to me. So that's what I grew up with there. Then I moved on to like the Blink thing with Phil. And he, he was really into the Beatles. And then that grew to... Foo Fighters Queens of the Stone Age and definitely did all that stuff Um, and then probably 16 17 the guys I was hanging out with who weren't musicians but just like music we then got onto the Eminem trail one of the first records I bought the two first records I bought was Dre 2001 yeah put it on CD and I bought Prodigy Fat of the Land Okay. and I was with my mate Chase and he was like you've got to get these records you've got to get them I was like cool Actually, Chase played saxophone at the time, he's not a musician now. Um, And he said, get these records. And I was like, wicked. Bought them, spent my pocket money, got in the car with my mum because she'd been off shopping and put them on, Dre 2001 on. Yeah. And she was like, you are not listening to
0: this. <laughs> my daddy, it, yeah.
1: I mean, she let me keep the record, but as long as she couldn't hear me listening to yeah. it. And then I put on Fat of the Land, put on... Chases up, like, put on us, smack my bitch up. Or whatever it's going. <laughs> I'm like, okay, cool, cool. My mum's like, you are not listening to that. And, you, and it's funny, like, I look back and go, wow, like, I played that in front of my mum, I was like 10. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I did the hip hop thing and I got to Eminem, mm-hmm. um, listened to Dre and then all those guys in Tupac and I found that. And then I probably found much more popular culture when I was mm-hmm. 17, 18, going to sixth form. And then I went back to my roots of like the rock thing. Then I got into like, when I started depping at the hotel, it was like some foxtrots and that. And I wouldn't go and listen to it, but I'd have to have an understanding of it. Yeah, yeah. So I think I've had a varied thing, but yeah, for sure, like my roots are, are rock. Right? And, yeah, yeah. and I don't think I'll ever lose it. But my mum worked in a, in a music library. Oh, like she, wow. or she was in the music section, the, right. the top floor. And I remember saying to my mum, I heard on the radio, I was like, Chili peppers, can you get me some chili peppers? And she'd bring home any CD I wanted, wouldn't cost me a thing because oh, you just wow. essentially borrow it, don't you? But she didn't cost her thing. And she brought me back Blood Sugar Sex Magic, right? Yeah. And I flicked through, couldn't find this one song. I don't know, it must have been on California Vacation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Flick through and I went, nope, it's not on there. Now it's one of my favorite records. Yeah. I was kind of a bit of a, a bit of, I don't know, I don't know if the words naive, but like as a kid, a bit stubborn. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh no, that song I heard on the radio isn't on that record yeah. or or whatever, and now that's one of the one of my favorite records. Such a great record, that oh, I, as a kid like that. It's
0: my favorite Chili Peppers record. I think it's, it's easy to amazing. say, but I think it's 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 a Rick Rubin as well, record. isn't it? I think producing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it's yeah where he actually did something and he just lay on a couch as well. Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: but he's you know actually interesting. He did a lot of the Eminem stuff as well. Yeah, I mean, he's he's a genius. I, just,
0: uh, I was asking you about the hip hop because. Um, there's been a few documentaries on this, but there's one, the undisputed. Uh, no, the the there's the one with Dre and Jimmy Iovine. Which, yes,
1: which I started watching. The, uh, what's it called? Uh,
0: the on the Defiant ones. Yes. Brilliant documentary. I really liked that. Although I'm, I think I've said this before, but I'm suspicious as to how much producing Dre has done since he left N.W.A. Because I, I I got really into it, read all I grew up listening to it. My first thing was hip hop and Tupac and Dr. really? Dre and all that. Before all of the other... And Michael Jackson as well. But yeah. we, me and my mates at school, there wasn't any rockers or anything. I was the first one who ever got anywhere near going towards that. Yeah. Uh, and then when I got to college, it went into the rock. But there's another one. Uh, there's the All Eyes on Me, Tupac documentary, which is brilliant. And it's then on Netflix. Yeah, yeah. And then there's one called Unsolved, which talks about the murders of Tupac and Biggie. Which is always like this thing about this big conspiracy when we are growing up. But it's like the actual police case. But I actually love in. that stuff. Because what's yeah, the other it's thing great.
1: that's... Um, been a huge thing the last couple of years on Netflix
0: oh yeah uh, Cold Case not Cold Case uh, The Making a Murderer
1: yeah and then there's all like spin-offs of that yeah. it's so good
0: yeah oh dude it's fascinating
1: everyone becomes a detective like you know I'm now a policeman because I know exactly what's going on exactly you know you do. do you know what
0: if I wasn't a musician if I couldn't someone told me I couldn't be a musician anymore one of the things I'd love to do is to be like an investigative reporter
1: Mate, I think you'd be absolutely brilliant. Oh, oh dude, it'd be amazing. That, I tell you what, with that beard, you can do anything you want. <laughs> yeah, just tear it up. I missed the conversation of the beard thing, actually. Oh, was right. was getting parking. Oh, Johnny,
0: Johnny uh, Brister uh, is a barber extraordinaire and is Well, shit. no, not quite. <laughs> actually, I used
1: to study hairdressing, yeah. but that's why I was like, I've got to get on that. He's, uh, he's sorted out my beard because it was looking, looking well homeless. I was...
0: Uh, I was yeah I was, I was letting it letting it go a little bit and I'm not really knowing what to do with it as well. But you just come here sculpted it and some topery on me.
1: Mate, when you've got a jawline like that, the work's done for me. <laughs> the work's done for dude, me. Dude, my jawline isn't that great when I ain't got a beard. Man? This isn't really. It's funny. Like people say, when my beard's got short and short, and I'm I'm really happy at this length. But I love that we're doing beard talk. Yeah. Oh, but when I had a shave, someone was like, "Wow, your chin's really small." And I was like, <laughs> "No one ever said that to me, before, like pre-beard." Yeah. But because you have a beard, like your face becomes longer. Yeah. yeah. Like you've probably gained like what two two inches on your beard, yeah, maybe yeah. three inches yeah. on your on your face. Yeah. So you shave it, and it's like, "Small chin." Oh yeah, people think I must look must think I look
0: like Michael Phelps or something, or some fucking like all <laughs> American wrestler or something, like Desperate Dan, like with the jawline that looks though, like I. It have. looks wicked. Yeah, it looks uh,
1: great, man. I'm very chuffed. Oh,
0: dude, I'm it gonna out. look after this now. I've. Not Do for Sam's wedding. Point. Yeah. Yeah, Sam Weston. Congratulations, man. Yes, Shout congratulations, out. Sam. all right boy. Dude, thanks so much. I don't want to make Thank you like you. For your gig or anything, man, but uh, Johnny, where can we find you find you online and social media and stuff Uh like that?
1: I think my Instagram is Johnny, Brister. Johnny May, Brister. maybe Johnny Brister drums, I'm not sure. Same with Twitter. Um, I am on both of those I sometimes upload, upload videos there and I've got a website which is www.johnnybrister.com
0: johnnybrister.com so check him out I'll put the links in the uh, description and everything like that extraordinary session drummer f- fantastically nice guy and uh, very talented beard barber as well we're talking about a kind of side side hustle I think right. it? it could do be
1: it? do you know what Like, I could start a thing oh dude for the musician well let's do a picture a dude bit I bit
0: honestly bit. thought about like I could be a coke dealer for musicians uh, in London <laughs> like not, that, not to do it just to make the money but right. like we're all looking for side hustles <laughs> right I mean uh, I had a, dr- a legit dream when I was doing that I was like I figured it all really, out really yeah I solved
1: it. it I mean I end up in prison but I've solved not it not that any musicians in London do coke but no exactly no one in the world
0: does no. it but uh, I, if they did I I, to <laughs> yeah, I, so jail. I figured it out how to do it yeah yeah totally <laughs> Anyway, not to, yes. not to leave on a weird note, but right, I need to make this for tonight, man. Dude, <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you. Cheers, mate. The Kind of About Music podcast.